in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Did you happen to watch Clippers' sons on Saturday? I watched parts oh, of it, and it how? was the weirdest. It was oh. genuinely like, I guess, and we talked to Sam Gordon about this, but I was like, I, I genuinely was like, I guess eight in time? Eh? Five of 31, the Clippers were from three. We talked about this before. The, I mean, it was, look, we weren't breaking any news here, but if the Clippers if the Clippers are shooting well, they obviously are the might be the best team and they can beat anyone when they're not shooting well this is what happens and obviously Kawhi Leonard not being there makes a big difference we'll talk to Kent Summers at 9 35 of 31 but the Suns were four of 20. they shot 36 percent from the field overall the Clippers 32 this was the ugliest game and Paul George these guys just kept shooting and it was just it was bizarre how bad both teams were but you know what Phoenix doesn't care. They escape and they're up 3-1. What do they care? It's the ugliest game in the world. They win the game and they go on and they can close them out tonight. No Kawhi again. What a shot. Kawhi's look, this, I was talking to my son yesterday. Look, he's not playing in the series. They do this for whatever weird reason that they don't want Phoenix to have an idea of like if he's coming back or not. It's not like they haven't played Kawhi Leonard before or like they schemed against a team with Kawhi Leonard. So to continue to say he's in, you know, he's out for three. He's out for, he's out. He's out. He's, he's out. hurt. He's hurt. He's, and he's missed seven straight now. The, he's hurt. There was a weird, like, well, that's what he gets for. Like, there was a weird argument about, like, this is him having, this is some karma, like, karma for him sitting out there in the season. And it's, to me, it was, no, no, he always gets hurt. That's he, why you have him sit out during the season. And then he got hurt again. Like, he load management. He load manages not to get hurt. And then he got hurt again. He's but hurt a lot. He, that's that's been. I I mean, you covered him, right? Like yeah. that's. Well, I did not. I well, did not. okay. I know well, those. Yeah, who, but... I know those who did, and you know the sense of him is it's really weird about him because his mo in college was, uh, works too hard. Like Steve Fisher had to tell him, "You're not working out today. It's not happening." Those are the kind of the 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 famous stories about Kawhi Leonard at San Diego State, where Fisher would literally get a call like 11 at night from the guy at Viejas Arena says, "You know, coach, you know." There's lights on in there. I don't know what he goes. No, that's just Kawhi. I mean, by himself doing nothing. But so, in that sense, more power to the guy. I mean, he works his unit you know, up. But at some point, if I'm the Clippers, I'm like Kawhi. We pay you thirty to forty million a year. Go home. Yes. If we're telling you to shut down in the offseason, whatever, you're shutting down because now you have a team that could have won the NBA championship. The Lakers were out. All these teams get bounced. You know, they you, you take care of Utah. You take care of everyone. You are the best team at full strength. And look what happened. They're probably going to get bounced tonight. They're not winning three straight, especially if he doesn't come back. We don't think he's coming back. So they'll fall short again. So next year, AD's healthy. LeBron, you got to deal with them again. You know, if I'm them, you know, look, you can't you can't get mad at him for specifically getting hurt in the game. I mean, he came down on his knee and he sprained his knee. But I do have a serious talk with him about what you do in the offseason and what you do to the body. And, you know, we load manage you for an entire season for this reason. And you're still hurt, and we can't get you know we can't go and do what again the Clippers at full strength would probably do, which is win the NBA title. Was it was it his second season? Suddenly he came back with a jump shot, like yeah, like, he actually yeah he actually was here in Vegas second season for the entire summer. We actually did a story in him at the paper. Um, the shooting coach in town uh, took him every day and 
the, the Spurs literally said, break the entire shot down. And you don't do that with a lot of guys. Break it down. We don't like the shot. They broke it down. Look what he's doing now. I mean, he's, you know, one of the best players in the world. Yeah, this is... Okay, everything's good now. Go, like, just go eat some bread and yeah. just, like, hang out at home. Watch some television. So show, I, I, I would prefer you to show up to camp overweight. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's it's too bad. You don't want it to happen, but... um. Well, there you go. They're gonna they're gonna get bounced. Next question. Uh, did you see this? Were you would you have been uh, lights FC uh, real quick? Lost of the loyal to one. I think that wasn't the story of the no, night though. No. The story of the night there were water balloon fights on the field. Yes, but they were small, and that's that's actually kind of a disappointment. Well, I mean, it's not a disappointment because obviously the lights are the lights are the greatest show in town. But they 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 come up with these incredible things. Like they, I believe they currently hold the record for the world's largest water balloon fight and were any was any i just want to know was anyone throwing the water balloons from the toyotas which were parked on the pitch uh, i i mean god knowing them maybe <laughs> how about uh, the people with the uh, sunroofs and some guy just jumps out of the sunroof starts pelting people and then jumps back in and you can't hit the guy have you ever have you ever owned a car with a sunroof and i then, have one right now okay and then ever accidentally opened it after it's been raining and it just dumps yes. water on yes. your head yes. and like it genuinely I have like, done that. I'm an idiot. I and just it's usually when I'm driving on the freeway texting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care about him. Next question. This is causing some controversy oh and God. rightfully and by the way, rightfully so. So Portland has hired Chauncey Billups uh as its next coach. Uh also interviewed uh Becky Hammond. Uh I we've talked about this before. I actually think Becky Hammond should hold on and maybe at San Antonio. She's gonna get a better job than Portland. I mean, Dan Tony, even yeah. Me. I mean, just I think if she just holds on, she's gonna yeah. get a better job. But this is cause uh, John Canzona, uh, Canzona, a good friend of mine uh, up in uh, Eugene, the columnist up there, really, really took the blazer. Now this is way, this is about two days before it became official, but everyone knew Chauncey was gonna get the job. All the news up there was saying he was the guy. Uh, and Canzano says, "Hold on, this is the guy you're hiring." Here's part of his past. Uh, this is reading from a story of uh, 1997. Former Celtics player Ron Mercer and Chauncey Billups settled a lawsuit against a woman who said she was raped at the home of Boston forward Antoine Walker in 1997. Mercer and Billups, now with the Nuggets, when Chauncey was with the Nuggets, agreed to pay the unidentified woman an undisclosed sum. Um, and it goes on to say, you know, who paid, who didn't, but he actually did settle with her. And Kenzano's point was, this is who this is who you're hiring? I mean, you know, with all that's happened, uh, you know, throughout society, I think if Portland has had some of these issues uh, within the organization, and this is who you're going to give the job to, and that's who they gave the job to. And he, man, he went after them and said, this is, you, you interview, you know, D'Antoni, you interview Becky Hammond, you interview all these others, and you decide, you know, why? Because does Dame Lillard want him, Dame Lillard want him to be the coach? And if he's not the coach, he's leaving? I mean, what other reason when you, when you, when you interview those other people that you land on Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups? It's it's genuinely confusing in the sense that, I mean, I would think Becky Hammond would have a more, a more updated take on basketball. And Dan Tony, if, good God, how quick would that offense move? It would like I just this is the one that doesn't make any sense because he he won his champion like even we'll let, we'll like remove the the obvious problems. Even from an X's and O's standpoint, I don't see where you're bringing you're bringing this guy in and going, oh, this 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 is the type of game we want to start yeah, doing. I like just, I don't know what. Where do you get that far? Unless 
again, Dame Lillard has said that's the guy, or, or you know, or I'm going to force my way up. But again, at some point, you, don't you have to say, wait, yeah, you don't want to lose Dame Lillard, but the the backlash of hiring Chauncey Billups, maybe they don't. Well, obviously, this isn't a D- obviously it doesn't matter to them. They just hired Chauncey Billups. This isn't a DWI though. Like this no, isn't this no. isn't. Um, you know, he got this into a fist fight a at a bar. Out, no, this is settling with a woman out of court on record that you settled for that she accused you of rape. This, yeah, that's not something that's like, oh, well, well, you know, he did it when he was young. It doesn't, no, no. no. He was in the league. Yeah. All right. If that's, if that's something you think you can, if you you think you can weather it, good God. Wow. Sorry. Um, Not, I shouldn't have played that. I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. That was a bad transition on Uh, my part. This is another disturbing story, and it becomes more disturbing by the day. A former Chicago Blackhawks associate coach confirmed that there was a meeting in 2010 during the playoffs in which the team's management discussed the alleged sexual assault of two Blackhawks players. This became a huge story um, recently, and it's getting worse as they go. Um, they, he did confirm there was a meeting. Uh, an, un, an unnamed player said the players knew all about this in terms of the allegations of sexual assault. Uh, after two, 2010, Brady Aldrich, the video coach, became a high school hockey coach and sexually assaulted a 17-year-old, served nine months in prison. Um, this is the whole bizarre, weird, just pathetic sense of, you know, what happens in the locker room, what happens within a team, all that nonsense. Now, I guess if you want to say keep the stuff inside about what you feel about teams or media, whatever, that's fine. But when it comes down to the allegations of two teammates being sexually assaulted and they're actually being in-level meetings about it and no one speaks up at, th- at that point, that's that's insane. Um, but again, it is the weird culture of everything stays in the room. I, I, I just can't... It goes back to the whole nonsense of, of you don't really know because you never played the game. What a bunch of crock that is. It's BS. I go back to the... It was a great... I don't know who said the quote. It was a great quote. You know, the people who cover the White House mostly haven't been president. They do a good job. I mean, you don't have to actually be there to on the outside looking and saying, this is wrong. You're having meetings about players being sexually assaulted. And years later, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I didn't hear any of that. The the one to me is how how does he become a high school hockey coach? Like, well, yeah, how to, that's the other. It must have been really hidden or I can't believe this high no, school. But that's and, the, that's what you're saying about like this, this, this like veil of silence yes. where they, they, then they go, okay, well, well, we'll let him go. You'll let him go. And then you'll, he's going to go be a high school hockey. Like that's you. you And sexually assault a kid and spend, spend nine months in prison. Like, I just don't even understand how you don't, you, as soon as I would, he, if I even knew, like, oh, these allegations happened, oh, well, he's going to become a high school hockey coach. My first call would be like, is there an anonymous tip line well, so yeah, that we can? Yeah. Can I be this? the Can I be the whistleblower on that? Because I'm going to call in, and you're not going to know who I am. But I'm going to tell you, don't hire this guy because we had these issues with NHL players. What's he going to do to hockey? What's he going to do to high school kids? Yeah, high high school kids whose brains aren't fully developed. Like this is that's this. Hmm. Uh. Great question. Thank you. What do you think about this? I don't know if I'm surprised or not. Memphis coach Penny Hardaway interviewed for the Magic head coaching job and has emerged as a serious candidate. Um, 14 NBA seasons, four all-star teams, two all-NBA first teams. He's certainly a great, great player. Hasn't done much at Memphis. I mean, uh, his best you know, player got a lot of people say Mike Miller there, you know, uh, recruited a lot of the guys. I don't know. Look, he's 49 years old. 
he might be great. And a lot of times, let's be honest, a lot of times, you know, guys like this will fit better into the NBA because that was his life for so many years. And he knows how to deal with NBA players. And, you know, they're more, you know, you don't have to personality managers. Right, right. You're not, you don't have to, you're just coaching basketball. And a lot of the stuff at that level, they're important, I get, but they're all adults. They've all been through it. He understands how to deal with them. So maybe he'd be really good. Um, But my point is, I, they're certainly not, you know, interviewing him because he's, you know, knocked it out of the park at Memphis. Now, maybe that means nothing to the Pacers. Like, we don't care what he did in college. Our world is a completely different world, and he knows our world. He was in it for almost 15 seasons. He was a great player in it. He'll be fine. I was... I don't know what you thought. I mean, I was surprised when I saw the name, and the more I thought about it, I was like, well, maybe the Pacers don't care what he's done in college. Well, the magic, do with anything. But it's also Excuse the, me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, no, apologize. No, 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 no. The Magic. They're basically the same team. Okay. And that's also the part where it's like, yeah, it's the Magic. Yeah. Hire whoever you want. You guys aren't going to do anything. Your ownership has got no desire to actually build a, a functional NBA team. Sure. Give give Penny some money, and he will he can go back to Memphis afterwards. I mean, is it still one of those things where Orlando's thinking he's going to, you know, he's a high-profile guy, he'd energize the fans, and maybe they get excited again and buy more tickets? I don't know. I mean, yeah, does, no, it does feels- Penny Hardaway do that, or is that feels like what this is? Because the other names they're, the other names they've interviewed or they want to interview – I'm telling you, I'm I'm looking at the list right now. Now you would know, uh, you you might know Bucks assistants Charles Lee, Suns assistant Willie Green, um, uh, assistant coach Wes Unzel Jr. You'd know him, but a lot of the names on the list, you'd literally say I have no idea who that is. No, this is definitely a. Hey guys, come out and meet Penny. Yeah. Sign up for some season tickets, and you get to get your picture taken with Penny. Remember back in the day when we went to those finals yeah. with Penny, like it's- Penny and Shaq. Yeah, it's it, if Shaq wanted to be a coach, I guarantee they would just be, that that he would be their you, first choice. You will like this, and it's just a story for you and I and anyone listening. The Orlando Houston NBA Finals, I covered it, I, and you had to go back and forth, obviously, from Houston to Orlando. I was on. I think it was the plane ride from Houston to Orlando to go back to Orlando. The only time I've been on a plane, looked out. And you know how they they have the bags? They've loaded the bags on the plane. There was one bag on the tarmac. (laughs) I'm like, that looks like my bag. (laughs) And got to, it might have been Orlando to Houston because I know it was in a Houston hotel room. The the bag didn't show up. And I'm called, I go, I know where it is. (laughs) It's on the the tarmac because I saw it as the plane was back. I'm like, no, that really looks like my bag. (laughs) All right. We probably need to take a break. When we come back. Who did Tom Brady really mean? Back after this. I can't block, tackle, run, catch. <laughs> sure, as the, you know, sure as hell can't run. <laughs> but I could throw the <laughs> out of the ball, you know? So let me just do that. And let me yeah. do that really well, you know? And I think if I could do that, then the team certainly could use me for that. There was a story in free agency. One of the teams, they were interested, and all of a sudden, they weren't interested at the very end. I was sitting there thinking, you're sticking with that are you serious? Tom probably had no desire to go to that team, but now it's like, why don't you want me? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. When I look back, I'm like, I just don't where would have went to that team. <laughs> but they said they didn't want me, and I know what that means. I know what that feels like, and I'm going to you up because of that. <laughs> Brady's getting kind of a... Uh... Out there in the old age, hey, he went on Twitter like a nut job a couple years ago. Now he's uh, dropping f bombs uh, uh, all over the place. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, mean, this, I actually this, like this, this is Tom like, Brady. Yeah, it's like, dude, if you had been doing this, yes, in like while winning the Super Bowls, 
you would be the most popular. Like you, oh. people wouldn't hate you at all. The only time I've locked, liked Tom Brady more than this one is when he was in Ted Two, and oh. he allowed he allowed Wahlberg and Ted to sneak into his room and like lift up the sheet and like the whole like yeah. the 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 sun comes. Out. I mean it, that was, that's like t- it's like okay that's the first time I saw Brady. Like remember when Peyton Manning. Left football, I was like, okay, this guy's amazing on the commercial. You know, oh, Saturday Night Live, he was amazing. The Saturday Night Live, yeah, it where it's just like, please yeah, help like, our kids. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to send them Peyton Manning. It's like, have that guy like every week. Brady on Ted, too. I'm like, it's the first time I'm like, eh, maybe Brady's got somewhat of a personality. And this, though, is completely off the charts. I, I enjoy the fact that he... He, I, he admits, like, he admit the very first sound that we played was him going like, look, I can't run. I can't block, no, he knows what but he I know what I'm doing. I can throw the bleep out of the football. Uh, that That is in response to, uh, uh, you know, an interview he did. But um, this is this is what came out over the weekend on Pro Football Talk from uh, Mike Florio. Okay, I, have, I, I do have kind of issues, and I'll talk to you about this in terms of the journalistic approach to this. Uh, this is from Florio. Multiple people with deep connections to the NFL's matrix have reached out in the past 24 hours, I guess to him, to express a belief that the unnamed team that he talked about in the clip was the Raiders, which obviously would have made Derek Carr the unnamed bleep. Uh, as both sources explained, the Raiders dropped out late in the process. As one source explained, the Raiders thought Brady's request for extra things was over the top. Now, I'd love to know what the extra things were. Who knows what, what Brady would want, but... If there's a single strawberry yes, yes. present if in the I locker room. If I see one piece of chocolate around this damn place, you're all out of here. Um, now, look, you tried it. You and I try to approach things journalistically. When I see deep connections to the NFL matrix reached out to express a belief the unnamed team was the Raiders, that, there's a lot of weirdness that I was like, what did you just say? Like, who are these deep, people? Deep connections could literally who is, be who is like. the Matrix? Isn't that a movie? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> deep connections. He could be talking to, like, the ball boy. Yeah, well, exactly. Who Who's deep connections and who's on the Matrix? Like, I'm I'm one of the few people that I'm, I'm completely fine with unnamed sources. But sources are telling me is completely different than people with deep connections have reached out to Mike Florio. Yeah. So this was Brady said all this stuff on the shop uh, uninterrupted, um, and it's you know it's definitely a show where hey this is what you want guys just say anything they want we'll bleep it out but you know be honest sit in the barber chair and you know sit 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 uh, and say everything you want. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't put. You, we talked about this last week with Tyler, and we just assumed he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners because of his you know his. He's got history. His experience and history of Jimmy Garoppolo in, uh, in, in New England. But I think this came about because as you listen to more of the interview, he said if, at some point it wasn't like the place he wanted to go. Well, he did want to go to San Francisco because that's where his parents are. That's where he's from. That's his family. So then when they heard that, they're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Maybe it isn't San Francisco. Where would he have wanted to go maybe? And in the end, they pulled out, and he started dropping F-bombs. You know, the Raiders weren't the only team on that list, but they were a prominent team. Hello, front page of the newspaper with him in a Raiders jersey. I saw the front page of the newspaper, and I didn't like it. I'm not going to say I cannot look at this report and have much seriousness to it because, like you said, how he introduced this report of matrixes and weird people reaching out and sources, and it's like – and let me ask you this. Let me ask this. When I read this, do you care about any of this? I mean, it does make 
Only because Brady's dropping F-bombs. Yes, but it also does make that Tampa, if, if any of it is true, it does make that Tampa Bay game last year. And we were talking well, about this off the yes. air. Didn't he it also did, say he was going to go and like Yeah, he was like, them? oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Then I'll go bleep you well, up. And it's like, he went and destroyed yeah, them. You're all mean, right, you did. Yeah, he, 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 he kicked them in the teeth. So it might have been that. I don't know. Nobody really knows that except Brady or whoever he might have told, you know, off the record, whatever, his buddies there, or, you know, shooting it afterwards. Maybe they shoot the scene. The guys are like, who was it? And he might have told them. I can't jump to the to the point that it was the Raiders because this report was very bizarre when you're talking about people in the Matrix. And, and by the way, why are they – that's the other thing. And I know it's Brady, so he starts dropping F-bombs and everyone gets excited like, oh, he has a personality. I mean, people were really reaching out to uh, Mike Florio to say, no, it was the Raiders, and they wanted to go that far to say who this team was. And he must have been talking about Derek Carr when he said that mother bleeper. I mean, really? I, well, so that's that's the other thing is I'm trying to, like, process of – Jimmy G makes so much more sense as like a, as a like, but when we first heard well, the He made first the most speech, sense because they have history, like you said. Yeah, like Belichick wanted to keep him and Belichick purposely, right. like even Belichick said, like I traded him somewhere so that he'd have a soft landing. Yeah. Like he, he, Belichick really liked Jimmy G and, you know, apparently Brady took that personally. <laughs> Direct quote from Brady, when I look back, I'm like, there's no bleeping way I would have went to that team. But they said they didn't want me. I know what that means. I know how that feels. And I'm going to bleep you up because of that. Well, here we have in week seven. He completed 33 of 45 for 369 and four touchdowns. Pass rater of 127 and a 45-28 blowout of the Raiders at Allegiant. Uh, <laughs> the story says the only saving grace for Vegas was that the game was flexed out in primetime due to a COVID issue, allowing the embarrassment not to be nationally televised. Look. At the end of the day, I don't know who this guy was talking about, but this just in he made the right choice of where to go. He went to a much better team. He won the Super Bowl. He I went mean, to a team that actually could defend somebody, and they won the Super Bowl, and good for him, and whatever. But I, I thought that I don't know. I'll just put it this way. I don't know. Well, I do know. We would have not gone with that based on the Matrix. <laughs> like, we would have not called the editor and said, we might have a story. He might have been at the Raiders. Who are your sources? Well, they're on the Matrix. Yeah. Like, what? Hey, I got a text from a guy. <laughs> on the Matrix. Yes. Um, and it was. Uh, it might have been Chandler Stevenson out on the horizon. <laughs> it, what? what no, where is it most important to be? Is it most important to be on the horizon or the Matrix? I'm well, not really sure. That's the other thing is this all could just also be. Because Florio's co-host is Chris Sims, who's best friends with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. So it could just all be yeah. like, it all could be nonsense. Well, it wasn't us, it was the Raiders. He wasn't talking about my guy. We he just been talking about this that guy up. down in Las Vegas. So there you have it. It's I think this will probably, when Brady starts dropping F-bombs, this won't go away very soon. I mean, I, there'll be training camp. Now, he might shut it down right away and say, I'm not talking about it, and then he's not going to talk about it. But it, I, I love this Tom Brady I think this, the report was a little silly. Like, I yeah. want Tom Brady to stand in front on the first day of training camp and just start mother bleeping everybody, which would be hilarious. Like, if Tom Brady just – like, I want drunk Tom Brady off the ship, like, every day at, at training camp. Like, I just want him bombed, like, stumbling off that ship holding the, or, or tossing that Lombardi trophy across from boat to boat. We won't get that, but that would be awesome. He'd probably like, I got seven rings. I'm late in my career. What, what do I care about any people? God, we're going for a repeat. We yeah, brought exactly. everybody back. <laughs> we're all drunk. 
drunk, drunk's drunk, and we're just going to go out and beach again. So I don't know if it was Carr. I was don't know that, if it was the Raiders, what, but whatever. Real quick, before we uh, have Ryan Wallace join us in the next segment, do you think that the, the, the step too far for the Raiders wasn't the fact that he was going to bring in his doctor that's not a doctor, but Alex? Or, or, yeah. Yes. Or, but it was the fact that he was like, yeah, we're bringing in Gronk. We're bringing back Antonio Brown. Well, we're bringing, like, uh, that's I, the thing, get like to, I get to pick all the offensive personnel. Let's let's think it was or believe it was the Raiders. I want more than anything to know what the things were. Like, he said that they came off him right in the end, and the, assen- the assumption was they didn't want to give him everything he wanted. What was that? I mean, like you said, it must have been personnel. I mean, if Shree didn't say, hey, you're going to buy me a mansion in Vegas, I'm going to live like this. I mean, I want, you know, free comps at all the hotels. I mean, he would have gotten that anyway. That guy wouldn't have paid for I was going to say, didn't Mark Davis, doesn't Mark Davis have a spare mansion <laughs> that doesn't have a view of like, a legion? imagine Brady here, uh, uh, you know, here's your bill, Mr. Brady, don't worry, we got it. That guy wouldn't pay for anything. It had to be like personnel, right? That, I, what it, in the it world had to, else would he it, want? It had to be, you guys need to trade, uh, you need yeah. to trade, for, uh, what was it, a second round pick to the Patriots for... Uh, a retired Rob Gronkowski yes. who's not going to actually do any of the training in training camp. No, he won't be there. And, oh, we're bringing Antonio Brown back because, you know, that worked out well for you guys. Well, we're out here in the Matrix. Here comes Ryan Wallace. He his pants. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Pre and post on Fox Sports LV. Also, your intermission host. It's Ryan, the hockey guy, Ryan Wallace here. Going to go over what happened on the exit interviews. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, before we get to the goalies and Pete DeBoer kind of insinuating without not, without insinuating and talking through uh, different words here, I got to ask you, when you're out there doing what you do on the farm, you're building like houses and all these uh, like uh, with animals and everything. Do you ever do so with a broken foot? Like, have you been able to, have you been able to do this with a broken foot? Um, this specifically, no, I, I have broken my ankle a couple of times in my life. Um, and I can tell you that it's a miserable experience and no, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do anything to the level that Alex Martinez was able to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs with a broken foot. No, I couldn't do it. The one thing that shocked me, and probably all of us on the Zoom when he said that, I wish I was telling Jared, I wish everyone's face was on the screen, like to see that the, the reaction was, okay, it's one thing that he blocks a lot of shots. You know as well as anyone, you can tape it, you can shoot him up, you can do whatever you have to do to get him in the ice. I still was amazed that he could skate. You've played ice hockey. Like That's the one thing that set in my mind. It's like, wait a minute. Well, even if it's a hairline fracture, I don't know what I don't know what the break really meant, but it's like that guy's still skating at an NHL level. Like, what stood out to you when you heard this of what would have been the most difficult thing for him to do? Yeah, I mean, skating obviously would be would be the first thing. Blocking shots, especially with your feet, would be another, and he does that quite a bit. Um, to be honest, like when when I heard it, I wasn't necessarily that shocked because. From, from what I know of Alex Martinez, this is just a guy that wants to play and he wants to win. And if he can physically go, he's going to go. And, and the best thing about it for him is that not only did he go, but he was many nights the Golden Knights' best defenseman throughout the playoff run. So um, this is just kind of a testament to why you can win with a guy like Alex Martinez in your lineup. He does everything right, and he does it through injury. And he doesn't hurt the team when he's finding ways to still be in the lineup. 
So in your opinion, is he someone that the Golden Knights really need to bring back? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you do. Uh, now, is Zach Whitecloud ready to kind of be boosted up to second-pairing minutes? Maybe you can make that argument, and I'd be here for it. But I just think when it comes to a guy like Alex Martinez, what he's able to do on the ice, the chemistry that he had with Alex Petrangelo, especially late into the season and throughout the playoffs, and then you factor in the intangibles. I'm not a huge intangible guy, but I do think that there is something Martinez brings to the table that is, is leadership quality. It's just, just this belief that you can get things done when he's on the ice. I would certainly be looking at that as my mission objective number one in the offseason, find a way to get Alex Martinez back under contract for the Golden Knights. Uh, I'm going to play a clip here. I want to get your reaction afterwards. Um uh, I know you heard it in terms of Pete DeBoer being asked about the goalies. You know, the, the, the salary cap and the, that maneuvering is is uh, above my pay grade. That That's for Kelly and George to figure out. I, I can tell you it was it was uh, obviously an, an integral part of our success this year in the unique year we were in with the condensed schedule and the number of games you know everything that went on uh it was it was obviously a blessing this year um you know next year's a different story uh we're, we're not in those unique circumstances anymore so is this very easy to read between the lines and say he doesn't think both are coming back and he might not prefer both coming back because he needs help elsewhere so as far as what will happen i don't know but it sure sounds to me like Pete the bowler would like to have either five or seven million dollars mm-hmm. in, <laughs> yes. um, in usable cap space to either not have to play shorthanded as many times as they did throughout the regular season or to find another goal scorer or somebody to play in the playoffs that can help you beat montreal so to me it sounds like a head coach that's saying listen it was great to have it this year. I understand why we had it this year, but next year is going to be relatively normal, comparatively speaking. So I want the money that, that I can have into a lineup of, of roster players that I could play at every position, not just in, in you know five or seven million dollars sitting on the bench and goaltending. So give me your percentage uh, percentage at Mark Andre Fleury's on this team next year. Ooh, um, I I think that. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard, right? Because Kelly McCrimmon was up, and, and he kind of batted around the yeah. goalie stuff, too, and didn't seem like uh, like he was certainly not as cut and dry as Pete DeBoer was, right. right? Like, I think we all know where the line is and what Pete DeBoer drew in the sand, but Kelly McCrimmon didn't really seem to be that way. I think there's a better-than-average chance that Marc-Andre Fleury is still a Golden Knight. And I think the same thing goes for Robin Leonard. I could absolutely see this team saying, you know what, Mark Andre's got one more con- one one more year on the contract. We can do this for one more year, and staying pat when it comes to goaltending. Did you also think he did not mention uh, the question? Actually, included Cody Glass's name. But he, yeah. when he answered, did not mention him. And yet, when asked about the young players, I'm paraphrasing, he said, well, 
Some were given opportunities. You know, there's a lot of other young players in this uh, in this organization, but they have to earn their time. I walked away from that question saying, well, Cody Glass, you better get better. Uh, again, it was one of those situations where, like, I kind of thought what he was saying, but he didn't want to say it because you don't want to throw the kid under the bus. But what did you, like, kind of deem from that answer when it came to the young players and specifically Glass? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think that that was one of those questions where, there's really no reading between the lines with what Pete DeBoer was saying. He talked about, you know, Zach Whitecloud and Nick Haig and Dylan Coughlin and Nick Waugh specifically as players that took advantage of an opportunity, seized their moment and became regular NHL players. And then he talked in the same breath as there were guys that did seize the moment, there were guys that didn't seize the moment, and there were guys that just weren't ready to seize the moment. Now, where Cody Glass falls, into that line of thinking, I'm not sure. Does Pete DeBoer view him as a guy that didn't seize the moment or a guy that isn't ready to seize the moment? Because there's a couple of things. If he didn't seize the moment, then when is he going to, right? If you think he's ready to and he hasn't, then you've got bigger questions. But if Cody Glass falls into that category of, well, he wasn't really ready to this year, I'm not really sure he could put on any more weight in the offseason What's he going to do to be ready to seize that opportunity come September, October? Uh, and it's a big summer for Cody Glass, not just in terms of you know his career with the Golden Knights, but his career in the NHL. He's going to have to find a way over this summer to come into camp ready to prove he belongs and then stick in the NHL. Kelly McCrimmon, in much the same way we talked about goalies, McCrimmon was a lot more uh, positive when it came to Cody Glass, talking about how you know, develop it, development is not a linear path. Some guys take a little bit longer to get there. So I'm not sure what the future holds for Cody Glass within this organization, but I do think that this is a gigantic summer personally for him when it comes to his career in the NHL. There seems to be a almost consensus that Peyton Krebs is ready, and it, it, does, that, does that say anything about how they're developing Cody Glass? Um, I don't know. I, I just to Peyton Krebs, like there's, there's something that he brings to the table that we haven't really seen from Cody Glass, and that's uh, a motor that doesn't stop going. And the games that Peyton Krebs got into this year with the Golden Knights before he ended up getting hit with a puck and breaking his jaw, what we saw from him was an ability to work in all three zones. He was absolutely dogged on the puck. It didn't really matter, and he didn't seem to be overwhelmed by the moment. Now, with Cody, he's a much more methodical player. He's not going to go in and forecheck with reckless abandon. What he is going to do is try to hold on to the puck and make plays. For me, Glass, the game just hasn't slowed down enough for him yet to make plays. And when that happens, you're a step slow and you're not getting to loose pucks. You're not winning board battles. You're not getting to the front of the net. At five-on-five, you're able to do it on the power play, but there's more that goes into your overall game than just picking up points on the power play. So I think just in terms of the way Peyton Krebs plays the game, it lends him to be more noticeable and more impactful at the NHL level as opposed to how Cody plays the game. Okay, so you're uh, you're Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, give me your top three uh, moves then. Is it keeping Martinez? Is it keeping both goalies? Or do you need center depth? Like you go out and you have to make three moves. What are the moves? Okay, so I, I think that there's a couple of things that I can go, there's a couple of ways I can do it. Um, 
if I believe in Peyton Krebs, I'm giving him an actual shot in camp to win one of the center jobs. And I know how well Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone can work. But if I'm Pete DeBoer next year, I'm getting creative. I'm doing some different things. I'm kind of shuffling things around. I think that they can get away without going out and getting a gigantic big name center. The oh. center though that I would the center though that I would look at, and I've heard it a couple of times, Yevgeny Kuznetsov makes some sense simply because I think you can get him and it won't cost you an arm and a leg. That being said, I'm not sure that I trust Yevgeny Kuznetsov. If Peyton Krebs can play, I want him as as a top six center. You can figure out how that works. Beyond that, you you gotta sign Alice Martinez. I really do believe you've got to sign Matthias Yanmark. And then I would look at trying to find a player on a cap strap team. Maybe you can find a way to bring over somebody from the Tampa Bay Lightning, or you can find another team that's hard against it on the cap, doesn't want to leave anything for nothing in the expansion draft, and find a usable piece in your bottom six that can score and be a pest in front of the net. Lastly for you, it's Tampa Bay against Montreal. Uh, obviously, Golden Knights saw Montreal up close and personal. What happens? Uh, can they keep the run going? And I assume it means... <laughs> not good. He's already no, started last I assume thing. it means uh, <laughs> Carey Price has to play out of his mind even more. Or is there a chance they can, they can win this thing? So, a couple of things. Carey Price hasn't had to play out of his mind. He's been very good, but right. he hasn't like been the real story. So what fascinates me about this series is if Montreal can do what they've done to Vegas and Winnipeg and Toronto, if they can do that to Tampa, then all of a sudden we've got to say, oh my gosh, they might actually be very, very good. Right. Like I'm kind of on the fence there with what they were able to do to Vegas, but I've got to see them do it to Tampa because Tampa's got so many weapons and they've got such a great, great hockey mind in John Cooper that if they can do it to Tampa, it has to be like, okay, this team's legit. They're for real. However they got here, they're for real. I think Carey Price is going to be really good. Uh, Yoel Armia is in COVID protocol, which is not mm-hmm. exactly the best thing for the Montreal Canadiens. But, I mean, listen, I'd be, I'd be crazy to say, well, there's no chance Montreal can do this because that's what I thought going into the Vegas series, and they were the better team. I'm going to pick Montreal. I'm going to pick them in six because I think they're going to win it in home ice. And I'm coming around on this team that probably shouldn't be here, but they are, and they should end up winning the Stanley Cup. There you go. Montreal listed in six. It's Ryan Hockey Guy on Twitter, at Ryan Hockey Guy. Radio host, VGK Insider, pre- and post-intermission, does all things Golden Knights. We appreciate it, Ryan. Take care of yourself. Don't break any feet. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, two ankles broke. What's this kid doing? Yeah, that, that was injuries. Well, I mean, two he, ankles? He's, he's out on a farm somewhere. So, I mean, the tractor? May, I mean, maybe the tractor keeps falling on him. All right. I don't know. Good he, stuff there from Ryan. Every usual. once in a while, the reason I love being friends with uh, Ryan is every once in a while he'll just send me a picture of a goat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just a delightful thing to receive. <laughs> just a picture of a goat. When we come back, did the Sharp win? Yeah. Oh, the Sharp won. Yeah. Right, we'll be back with the winner. We talked a little baseball and make fun of Bischoff. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. 
Jeff's our sharp Jeff. I was telling Jared uh, the other night I was thinking about you. I was on my way to dinner. I was looking at scores, and the first thing that jumped out to me was that uh, St. Louis and Pittsburgh were going to go over the number. And I said, hey, that's what Jeff picked. We gave him a hard time. I might have given you a hard time because I think – I think the Padres. I think the Padres that night were like minus nine million uh, against the Diamondbacks. So, uh, but you went with the over on St. Louis Pittsburgh. What's going on, man? Good for you. Hey, thank you. I appreciate. it. I was thinking about that too because you guys were kind of shaking your head um, yeah. how there was uh, a bunch of big favorites that night. And kind of actually, if you played, uh, there was five over two dollar favorites. One got rained out, but if you played all four of them, you had a, not a good night. You were down about three units or so. Yeah, good for you. Well, you're talking <laughs> units. We're on the matrix here in the horizon. Uh, I think you've won two straight now. So, no, just one, just one. Uh, oh, just He's one. Oh, you're, oh, you're going. going yes, yeah, right. You're going for two. You're trying. You're trying to win that all-time record in that uh, jersey we have ready to go. The Raiders, Antonio Brown jersey. Yeah, right. Antonio Brown jersey. All right. Uh, so let's keep it going. What do you got for tonight, Jeff? Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go against my theory of the big favorites, but I gotta take the Astros tonight. Oh, okay. Let okay. me see. He's gonna go Astros. Uh, where they're home to the Orioles. Uh, they're minus three hundred. Yeah. I think. I think you're like your chance on the Astros straight up. All right, buddy. Uh, I, my guess is we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, I hope so. Thanks a lot. Ed. Take care, brother. Uh, Jeff going for two in a row. Good for Jeff. Yeah, yeah that, that, yeah, that, that total the other he's night. Gonna, like, he's gonna get two in a row. Well, well, hold on. Oh, hold the, on. One of the one of the Padres games that you were like, oh, the Padres are huge favorites. Didn't they snap Arizona's losing on the road? But it was the following night. Uh, okay. Yes, oh. Arizona had lost seven thousand games on the road straight, and they came in and like. The first score I saw from that game was Arizona 10-0. I'm like, well, they might have a chance. <laughs> like, we what? did it, guys. Exactly. Like, I wondered how they celebrated that night down in the Gaslamp District after actually winning a road game. Now, Jeff picked the Astros tonight, and they are minus $3 against the Orioles. But while we say we'll probably talk to them, we might not talk to them if the Orioles employ what you and I like to refer to as the safety squeeze. Because yesterday in Detroit, the Detroit Tigers used a safety squeeze in the bottom of the 10th to beat uh, Houston 2 to 1 Sunday afternoon at Comerica. And if they were if uh, if Tyler, if Tyler was if, here if, right if, now. No, but if Tyler was managing them, they'd still oh, be playing it overtime. That's oh, awesome. Um a safety not a suicide, so uh uh Akil Bato, uh only ran on contact. But the fact is we're bringing this up obviously because I don't think Tyler Bischoff has ever supported or will support any sort of bunting in baseball. Uh, so we loved you and I loved this when we yeah. saw that that's how uh, they were able to split the four game series with Houston. It genuinely is uh, sometimes upsetting to just be like, dude, just bunt. It's beautiful. Especially like Joey Gallo, where they'll like, there's no one. Well, that's no the one's covering show. third. I was thinking about this the other day with Muncie and the Dodgers. And I'm like, I just, does someone ever just learn how to put a bunt down the third base line? And, and it's like almost like people think that's weak or they shouldn't do it. It's like, no, if they're going to put everyone on the right side of the infield, then just bunt it down the left side. I, and I know it's, you know, look, it's more easier said than done because they're bu- busting you inside and they're not really, they're, if they're missing their spots, you can do it. If they're not missing their spots, it's very hard because they're just going to bust you inside because they want you to pull it to everyone on the right side. But to me, it's like, man, if anyone could ever learn to do that on a consistent basis, they'd be in all the time. Even a drop bunt, just literally like just pull Anything. the back bat down and just like chop it would be better than uh, it just it bothers me to watch people hit directly into the shift over and over again. First place uh, tonight, Giants are in town. Dodgers. Trevor Bauer.